Hello and welcome to Tea with Culture. I'm Wal Hattar and Hen Mizena, and Happy New Year to everybody. We are going to give you our annual wrap-up of the whole year, and this this time around we're going to be talking about the Tea with Culture's highlights throughout, as well as our individual highlights as Wal Hattar and Hen Mizena. And then we're also going to give a section about kind of the big thing that happened this year, which is the passing of Hassan Sharif. And then finally, we're going to go over our top likes of, of the art and culture scene this uh, year. So, hello and welcome. Hi, well, yeah, another year and another opportunity to, to look back and discuss our favorite exhibitions and talk about some highlights. And uh, yeah, and I guess ready to uh, explore and see what's in store in the new year. Do you want to start? I guess we should start talking about tea with culture. Like we're we're two years old. Uh, we've never thrown a party. Hopefully, when we turn three, we will. But yeah, tea with culture is uh, two years old. And this past year, we focused on uh, like we started on SoundCloud. We launched on iTunes a few months ago, and uh, we're also on Twitter. And this coming year, we're going to have some few tweaks and changes that we'll talk about in our next episode. And, and I mean, maybe one of the big highlights for Tea with Culture was that we were invited to guest produce uh, a few episodes for Six Pillars, a uh, London-based art radio station. I thought that was quite an exciting opportunity, and I really enjoyed doing those episodes. Yeah, it was it was very, it was a little bit different to how we do them because they were it was a quite specific theme about uh, the Emirates, and we did cover kind of a different aspect. So it was a it was fun doing it, and I guess. Uh, I don't know how many people listen to it, but it was uh, it was fun getting that that exposure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good reference point anytime, hopefully in the future, for people to listen to because we talk about the past and the present, and we look at artists and we looked at writing as well, and and we talked about institutions and galleries. So I think it had a somewhat holistic view of the art scene in the UAE, which I'm really hoping it will be listened to frequently for reference and research. And on a personal level, this was a quite a big year for you. You had finished your SEAF uh, uh, residency as well as uh, another residency in Delphina in London, and you did a few shows. So tell us. Well, the SEAF is the Sheikha Salama Emerging Artist Fellowship. It was a one-year program, and that is definitely a personal highlight where I felt it was a year of learning and growing and, uh, and just um, being a bit more confident with uh, myself as an artist um, and yeah I came back a few weeks ago from London I did a one month residency with Delfina which was uh, supported by Maria Art Centre and I was also in an exhibition at Maria Art Centre in the summer, Al Haraka Baraka exhibition and uh, yeah a lot's coming up in the new year which we'll talk about uh, soon hopefully <laughs> and you, how about you, I mean you had your exhibition titled Yes, I had, this, I had my, my exhibition at uh, AUD's Rotunda Gallery uh, titled Well Hatta Sold Out. Uh, it was good. I haven't had a kind of a private show in, in a while, so it's good to get in, getting back into it. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but also I've been collecting a lot of rejections from residencies, but it's, but it's good because you keep learning how to write and rewrite and, 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 and work within this cultural realm. All right, yeah, I'm hoping to see more work by you. I think you need to spend time making work. And, yeah, hopefully, yeah, just keep applying, keep trying. And, uh, yeah, and making. Making, I think, is what's important. That was one of the things I learned from my fellowship. And the other thing I think you were focusing on a lot this year was your Young Collectors Collective. I know you've not really talked about it a lot. Uh, well, we've not talked about it at all on this podcast. But, uh, yeah, I know I've seen you working really hard trying to 
get this, uh, build this momentum. And uh, I know, I think it's an opportunity to talk about it. Well, it's 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 not necessarily a kind of an, an open thing for everybody. It's a small group that have been taking around for the past three years that have been kind of has been growing, and it's different. Where we try to we we'll try to educate people about art. So there are people who are new to the art world and who are interested in, in uh, collecting some art pieces, understanding a bit of art. So we keep going to different either gallery spaces or uh, institutions and uh, other things to kind of to have that over overrun. I mean, and even last time we went to the Charge Art Foundation and took us on a tour and it's quite brilliant. So I'm happy that a lot, a lot of these people are now solo going out to see shows by themselves and encouraging. So in the end, I guess, what we're saying in, in, in summary is that if you do work you produce work, you create work, someone will show it, and then we'll, someone will also see it and admire it and, and believe in it. So always try to, to express, and there's always somebody who will be into something that you're creating. On a sad note, uh, the UAE had a great loss in the art world with the passing away of Hassan Sharif. And I know some call him the grandfather of contemporary art uh, in the UAE. Uh, I've never really, I've met him a few times, but always kind of in, in a group surrounding. I uh, was always amused to listen to him. He's quite wise with his words, but he's also really funny and down to earth. And um, yeah, like I think it was a big loss and I'm sad. One of the things we didn't have a chance to do for this podcast is like dedicate an episode for him uh, and talk about his work and um, yeah I'm just I haven't had a chance to talk to more artists around to see how they feel and what does it mean and what does this gap um, kind of what what's its impact and I know you've had like I think you met him on a personal basis a couple of times yes I was I was invited to, to well like 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 you and many people were invited to his around his place for the art shows but uh, and I had a question, and then he was like, uh, he, "I guess he liked the way I had posed it," and and then and he took me on a tour as well as the other ones. So it was a interesting chat into his kind of not say hedonistic lifestyle because he never cared about other things or like stuff. It's just about the creation of the art and also the, I guess what the, what the specific word is the, the impression of of the idea. So you so that alone is kind of admirable when it's somebody who's just just doing it to to make the point to get the point across, and even though people didn't understand, and definitely one hundred and ten percent back in the sixties when he was started working, nobody understood what 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 he was trying to do what was going, but then that never stopped him and and that continued and because of him uh especially when you compare it to all the work that was going on in the seventies and eighties where the Emirates was really concentrating on those very 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 traditional esque paintings of um, landscape and then animals and, and, and things like that, he would continue and then some of his followers uh, and some of his peers would, would still develop and, and now we have we are able to have a, a stronger understanding of, of the arts as well as a more open understanding of the arts without just trying to copy, copy and um, translate what we see in the outside world to us but rather this is actually from us. And going back to highlights, uh, we'll now talk about um, some of the exhibitions uh, that we liked or that stood out for us. I mean, over this past year, I've traveled, so I've got seen exhibitions um, in some of the cities I visited and obviously caught up with some of the exhibitions here. But I think you probably saw more exhibitions in Dubai and the UAE compared to me. I've listed a lot on my blog as my highlights in Dubai and outside Dubai. But yeah, I think here we'll just focus on what we um, think were the standout exhibitions in the UAE. So uh, what, do you want to start? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I've I did have a, a chance to to meet and talk to a lot of artists, so that was uh, kind of non highlight highlight, but it was still a, it was still a highlight. Um, but some of the ones that I didn't have a chance to talk to because he was he was out of the country when I when I was able to see his show was uh, Tamam Azam. He had a brilliant uh, show called The Road at the Yam Gallery uh, from Jan to March. So it was one of the first of of, of that year, and. He's he's his work or his this work of the show right now. It's painted black and white images of this broken down uh, visuals of, of of different parts of Syria. And for me, what drew me besides the scale of it or the almost realistic painting style is that these looked like kind of beautiful landscape things that you want to keep forever. It's kind of this moment, this 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 beautiful moment of of but of death. So it's like you're you're really praising and romanticizing uh, this kind of this this broken down element, this broken down piece, and that that beauty is heartbreaking, but it's still beautiful to look at. It's like it's like a photojournalism of of something, but you don't you, because you're used to watch you viewing these 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 images in in you know photojournalistic stuff, but not as a painting. Someone will sit there and slowly paint something that's heartbreaking, but for it. So it's the the visually it was beautiful. Um, Artistically, it was wonderfully laid out uh, as a full show, but then the pieces themselves, like I said, conceptually, it was there as well as it being pretty. But is it right? Is it all right to romanticize when I'm just thinking about like how you're describing this? I saw the work, and yes, it's very, uh, it's very harsh, and it's obviously addressing a very painful topic to this region and something we're you know bombarded with news-wise and and the frustration of things aren't getting better. And yeah, and then when an artist kind of translates this into a work of art, and is it done because it's just dealing with the emotions or creating something to never forget? in the future and and i know i've just kind of been curious about uh yeah the, you know making art that's responding to something that's very immediate and and now and and how people kind of react to it and are what are the interests and again a lot of these are in commercial galleries so the objective obviously is to sell this work yeah. and and uh yeah i know so just having all these thoughts about work like this no i mean i always had a very harsh look at war art because they kind of use it to, on the behalf of, for, for this one specifically, it's actually keeping that that knife in the side and kind of wiggling it. So when you have it in 30 years, uh, even though whatever country that was in would have been built and gone on, but this was this is a kind of a memory of that, but not of, but it, again, it could have been anywhere. It's a memory of loss. That is why I again I called it romanticizing it, but the conceptual aspect of memory of loss, which is why it's beautiful, because then I like sad things, and and maybe you'll you'll tell within the next pieces of work that I have that is a collection of sad things. The next one that I really loved was was the the main piece of Reza Aramish's uh, exhibition at uh, Leila Heller, and this was just uh, a few months ago. So in November, it's it's on till January the fourth. So you probably just missed it. Um, and in this piece, usually his work is kind of sculptures or even statues of, of these males um, in, kind of in different positions and, and them standing and waiting and, and, and uh, in different forms of uh, dress or undress with usual with the title and the time of, of the event that happened. For this one, we have a, a Greek-esque type of, 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 of statue and this man is standing with a bag on his head and kind of ha- one sock on, one sock on. It looked like somebody dragged him out of bed in the morning and kind of, you know, bagged his head and took him off to something which seems horrible and, and grotesque. And the title for this 
is uh, at 9.15 a.m. Sunday, 28th May, 1967. So it gives you this kind of emer- emergency aspect of, oh, what's going to happen? And and going back to what I mentioned, uh, the romanticism of, of Tamam's work and, and Reza's work, you also have um, what you usually, uh, we've seen this, uh, we see it all the time now online or on, on the news of people being beheaded, people being kind of, a, things that usually you want to flick through, you don't want to hold forever. But for me, the sculpture is holding that second forever and because you know that after this 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 character this person no longer existed most likely so again is is that that final second of of life of hope before it all goes out yeah i mean i've only seen pictures of this piece uh, and when i first saw it i what i thought it was like a character from tv has crawled out of it and stood at, in the gallery space like because it's black and white so it's monochromatic but the surroundings were in color and yeah that was the immediate thing that came to my mind it's like something that popped out of television and uh but yeah i didn't ha- i didn't look it up i didn't know what, what like i didn't look at the title and uh but yeah now when you look at it more yeah you think of beheading you think of kidnapping you think of torture and uh yeah and there's a statue that's created that's there that's not going to go away and yeah and yeah like you as a viewer like how do you react to that yeah, and and even when when you look at the the uh, what is it's made of of marble, and you're used to these Greek and Roman statues of marble when they behold some beautiful and the and the male's figure is again f- completely uh, physically up there. So it, it's that confusion of, of of something you want to keep forever, but something you know is gone. So again, like, going on to the theme of both Tamam and Reza's work, uh, the split second of life or the defeat of life that that is harshly beautiful. Um, again, continuing <laughs> with with a darker way, way of, of looking at life, or a bit more critical way of looking at life, um, there was one piece at Sitka that uh, that captured me. And then, luckily, this year I had more of a chance to experience her work. And this is a a local based artist. Her name is Christina Demarchi, and um, and she she does a lot of work on kind of human rights or thing or memories and and, and or basics things that no longer people that know that can't hold on to something. And, and the piece at Sitka was a, a braille, a reflection of braille. So the idea, so even if, if, uh, if I can't read braille, uh, the, the person who can read braille can't can touch the braille, but they, can only see, but they can't see the reflection. So it's like a message that's lost. And then a lot of her other work when she had, uh, she had a show at uh, the 1X1 uh, at, at Sarkal, as well as uh, a, a kind of some pieces at, at other shows. And I had the chance to also go into her workshop and see her work there and, and have a chance to discuss her work with her. So I was, it was, I was very happy to be able to, to really delve into an artist's work. And uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's a, it's a good thing to be able to have artists uh, who are residing in, in, in Dubai that you are able to, to connect and, and work with. And now on a lighter tone, the, uh, the White Cube show at uh, IVDE uh, kind of mid, uh, mid, mid last year it was, um, was, was, I think, the best curated show that we've had in a very long time. Um, we've had a chance to talk to, to Amanda and uh, we have it on the, on, on, on the podcast itself, an interview with her about the show, about the art. And so I'm not going to go in, into it too much, but it was a very good selection, very well studied um, by the pieces themselves and as an aspect all together. So that was wonderful. And last but not least, um, NYU Abu Dhabi this year 
uh, keeps impressing me in, in the in the turn and the way they develop the work as well as the extras that they produce. So the the Al Hadid uh, um, show kind of early this year was fantastic to behold, um, as well as the, and and they also created some kind of the little. Um, can't remember what it's called. The the the, the illustrations. Guidebook for the the guidebook for the children. That was brilliant for adults and children, uh, kind of to understand art and how she creates the art. And I also had a chance to meet her and talk to her. We had an interview, an interview as well on on uh, on Tea with Culture, and, and it was it was just good to 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 have that human aspect of her. And of course, finally, the the show that we both interviewed, Bana was one of the curators for it, which is which should be still on, I think, or just finishing off um, threads. Invisible Threads, which also had a children's guidebook, yes. uh, which was also fun to see. So I'm hoping they do this with all their exhibitions. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the Invisible Threads is one I think uh, that maybe stayed with me more just because it talks about technology, the role of technology, but I also thought of surveillance and it includes new work uh, and old work and um, with big names like Ai Weiwei, but also regional artists like Munir Al-Qadri. So no, it was uh, it was quite an impressive exhibition, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more exhibitions uh, by the art gallery at NYU Abu Dhabi. Yeah, no, this place is always bringing us things. I'm, I'm glad they're putting a lot of effort. And talking about Abu Dhabi, a, lo- a lot of your tops, I think, are in Sharjah. Yes, a couple on my list are exhibitions in Sharjah. I'll start with them. Uh, Two Sons and a Sunset uh, by Joanna Haji Toma and Khalil Jurej. Um, at the Sharjah Art Foundation. Uh, again, one of the best curated exhibitions I've seen. It was tight. The work was of really high quality. It felt like a museum uh, quality exhibition um, overall the themes of memory and playing with fact and fiction and it included photography it included installations and film and it was a really rich experience and I really enjoyed it it's one of those rare times where you spend more than an hour you know we're definitely there a couple of hours and reading and you know the the small catalog that came with it was quite helpful as well and yeah definitely a highlight for me and the other exhibition in charge which I really liked is um, the recent one which is still on till mid Jan the Khartoum School which focused on the art movement from 1945 to the present in Sudan and yeah I mean personally for me it was an eye opener I was exposed to art and artists that I wasn't aware of definitely one that is important I think from a historical point of view and um, teaching art and you know I think school kids should be taken to this exhibition and it goes into you know the different movements and different styles and lots of diverse artists and mediums and incredibly rich like three spaces holding all the exhibitions and uh, we've talked about this in a previous episode and I can't you know urge enough that you have to go and see it uh, the other standout exhibitions um, Manela Dewayan had an exhibition at Quadro uh, earlier in the year called and I will I forget which was like a very uh, personal look at at the starting point of this exhibition was how she inherited. Her father gave her a box of slides of photos from his travels outside Saudi Arabia. So I think it was during his travels and studies uh, between the 60s and 70s. And I think, I don't know, it took her a while to realize what to do with them. And the result came from a residency she did at the States. And and yeah, she's kind of transformed these images on this metallic looking sheets and... uh, and it starts kind of interrogating memory and um, and questioning what she wants to remember or wants to forget or, or what has her father passed on to her, you know, what what is this information. 
but it's also maybe kind of creating these stories from these images, whether they're linked to her father directly or she starts kind of creating different narratives. So incredibly beautiful, poetic images and um, on the wall. And yeah, really, really stayed with me. I was in awe of what I saw. And, and it was also just really great seeing Manel's work develop because she's been an artist based here for now quite a few years. And, and, and it's one of those where I go, wow, you know, she's doing better and better in, with each time. Yes, her work has definitely developed. And as a person who started off as a photographer mainly, it, it's very interesting to see photographers develop this, the aspect of photography in art where it's no longer just a photo of something beautiful or something thoughtful, but kind of a, a play on the, on the aspect and theme of photography and reflection and everything else and making that piece kind of talk more and develop the story rather than just capture it. Yeah, and another one also to do with memories and uh, maybe my, th- you know, your theme is about kind of the cruel world and harsh life. And no, my theme, I guess, was that second, that last second that you capture. Of, of life. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is about memories. Um, another one uh, was at Gulf Photo Plus. The title of the exhibition is uh, When Time Does Not Exist. And it featured two Lebanese artists, uh, Randa Mirza and Stefan Lakout, who I've not seen their work before so it was the first time I see their photos and it was a photography exhibition but again playing with um, you know kind of almost like mixing and, and one of them was double exposure of old and new and um, and, and another one was kind of creating this narrative you know I think dealing with Beirut as a city and the, its past and the memories but also like present Beirut and the changes it's going through and 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 what does the city represent and what does it stand for so very strong visuals and images that really I don't know made me pause and think a lot and kind of also maybe linking it to some of the things happening in Dubai. Yeah, I wanted to kind of have a chat with Randa because uh, Randa is actually somebody that I knew from the 90s when I went to university in Beirut. She was part of kind of the group that I, I kind of knew. So I only knew her in the beginning as kind of the, we were all party children, but then later on she started to become an artist and we we're all young artists. So it's wonderful to see somebody that you know's work develop and then get shown and then get to the maturity that they have, which, but it still keeps her sense of humor, that kind of that the little a twist and, and play on, on, on the contemporary Beirut with, with the photography skills. So that, that's wonderful and yes the show um for me w- was one of the strongest golf photo plus has had over the recent years so I'm, I'm very proud that they're continuing and developing and expanding on on what they know yeah and another photography exhibition at east wing which i feel is one of the most underrated galleries in uh, dubai it's my favorite well, it's one of the handful of you know galleries that focus on photography uh and yeah i mean they had two exhibitions and both of them were by duo so i'm gonna kind of wrap this up as maybe one point and one was titled icons by cortis and Sonderger. and i'm sorry if i pronounced that wrongly but it's a series of photos where they've recreated historic moments using toys and like plastic and mundane objects but I mean, it's basically like stage sets, you know, and the effort that goes into creating these uh, moments in in history. So like the first moon landing or Tiananmen Square or and just a whole lot of old historical moments and the details that go into it. And at first you think, oh, they're toys and it's really playful. But again, it's kind of this construction of uh, moments in the past and um, and why do it? And 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 it's very consistent in terms of just each like and they keep the the details behind so you see the mess in the studio space it's not about creating a final perfect image it's making it very clear that this is a constructed image 
of something that re that's referencing to a historical moment. So I thought that was quite a striking exhibition. And the other exhibition that stood out for me was also by a duo, uh, Christo and Andrew, and they're based in Doha. And this exhibition was titled Parrot Texas Distortion. And they, the, Christo and Andrew are kind of known for, they're very kind of colorful, strong visuals that play on a lot of symbolism that are kind of common and known in the Gulf region. And I know from a few people I've talked to in the past where they they either don't get the work or they don't like the work and some people think of it, oh, it's a bit racist. But to me, I feel they're, it's provocative and I think it's about interrogating what's happening in this region and uh, and using these kind of stage again these also staged uh, photos where yes there's a studio and and it's as if they're photographing uh, a campaign you know like for an ad so you've got like costumes and makeup and and some of it's really exaggerated and aesthetically it's not necessarily something i I am drawn to but I like the idea and the subjects behind it and uh, and I think yeah, it's great to put this out there and to create this discussion and a dialogue instead of just dismissing it as, oh, you know, what is this work and doesn't mean anything. Yes, definitely. A lot of times uh, they, uh, East Wing Gallery had shows that were more uh, photojournalism, but with, the, with these two, yes, it was a lot more creation and it happened, so I can see why it is up there with, with the things that you would, uh, you would like. And, and finally, there's something that we both went to, to see and was quite different, I guess, at least in, in terms of... Um, Interaction and, 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 and types of types of art, uh, which was the uh, performance piece. Well, it was a talk, and uh, I mean, I, it wasn't you know advertised as a performance, but it was a, as a, a, but it was a talk titled "Marketing Presentation for Boxed Branded Toys as Art," and it was by Kevin Jones, a Dubai-based artist, uh, Dubai-based writer who's probably our favorite art writer here in the city. And yeah, we you're my favorite art writer here in the city. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went there and little by little, we started realizing there's a performance element because he's turned up looking really corporate. Uh, the presentation looks like your kind of typical corporate PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, I, I was I was like laughing loud throughout the show, not yeah. taking it seriously, but taking it very seriously. And I think because we both come from a corporate background, we were like, yes, this is hilarious. And so it's funny, but it was also really critical. And that's what was fantastic and I didn't expect anything less from Kevin and it was great and just I think talking about kind of the the role and the politics of the the galleries and artists because this was part of an ongoing project that was by Vikram Devesha so the space itself was used as an exhibition space but it was really a storage space and it was called warehouse project where part of this art piece that Vikram was doing was where he asked one of the companies to use that space to store their toys. It was a, a toy company. And with that, I think he scheduled a series of talks. Uh, and this was the only one I had a chance to go to. And I think you too. And, and, and yeah, and with that, and because this was in Al-Sarkal Avenue, so it really kind of starts interrogating the different layers of um, art. So from landlord to gallerist to artists to buyers to sellers. And it was so brilliantly done. And the talk itself can be found on ibraz.com. Uh, uh, you don't see it because it was recorded like from a high angle, like the security camera. So it's more where you can listen to it and you don't get to see it, which is a shame because I thought the visuals of yeah. the presentation were hilarious. And I know I thought that was like a really standout kind of... 
Yes, definitely kind of a, a standout element just because it's different to what we're getting here, which is just kind of pandering to us. Well, this is just presenting it and showing it for what it is and it's refreshing for for us and i think everybody else who who have, haven't had the chance but if you can't just at least listen to it it's something definitely to be unmissed and especially coming from somebody who's not an artist but then again like we we're saying earlier on if you present your work whether it's quote-unquote art or not it's still it could be seen from however people want to see it and we saw it how we saw it and we loved it for what it was so so that's it. I mean, I mean, with that, it's a positive note to, to end. And as Hind mentioned early on, we, our next episode, we're going to talk about uh, what's upcoming um, for 2017, as well as some of the few changes that we're going to be doing and how we're going to go into our new and third year of uh, Tea with Culture. Thank you very much for listening to us for all these years. This is me and Hind saying goodbye. Bye. Talk to you soon. <laughs>